Thanks for joining us on the Southside Church Podcast. We seek to build real followers of Jesus, so we hope that you find this message both encouraging and insightful. Let's jump in. Well, hello, everybody, and a big happy new year to you today. I'm so excited about 2024, being able to hang out with you today, open up God's Word, share with you some good things, and basically live out 1 Thessalonians 2.8. I believe it, and I love it. Paul said we loved you so much that we didn't just give you God's good news, we gave you our own life as well, because you have meant so much to us. I love you. I'll say it with big exclamation mark tapped around it. I love you. That's a good place for you to say, I love you, Pastor Jeff. I appreciate that. I know you do. I feel that today right here, okay? But I love the start of a new year. I told Miss Donna today, I said, you know, I love New Year Jeff. I don't know that I like Jeff throughout the year a whole lot sometimes, but I love New Year Jeff, and this is why. Because it's such a fresh start for me. may not be that way for you. Some people think, man, it's just just another day. It's just another number to a year. It just means another year older and some things like that. Stop doing that, you pessimist. I don't like it. Some people call it a realist. I call it pessimism. I don't need that around me, but never. Nevertheless, I love this time of year. It's a place for me to stop, to look back, and then to assess so that I can look ahead. And, and, you know, you may not be big on new words and words for the year and things like that. That's cool. But for me, I want 2024 to be a fresh start, a place of a new beginning. And uh, that's just something Jeff and Candy have been working on, doing a lot of those kind of things, dreaming, planning, strategizing for a new year. And a lot of that has to do with Southside and what we believe God is leading us to do here and through uh, our campuses. And and just the expansion and more of that. I want to see God do more. I want to believe God for more in our life, in your life, and mine. And so today, today I'm jacked. I'm so excited to be able to start a new series, especially this one, one that I've wanted to do for a really long time and just couldn't figure out how to do it. But this is it. It's called Bring Your Butts to church. Ha! I love it. I love that. Bring your butts to church, man. That is great. Not your B U T T, but your B U T. Bring your butts, your excuses, no matter how big they are, ha! to church, okay? I mean, I do. I like big butts and I cannot lie anyway, nevertheless, okay? Every excuse we make is an area where we prefer our way over God's way. And and, and that's just the truth. We have excuses. We make them all the time. And, And we figure out more ways why we can't do something why God can't do something, or or why we as a collective group of people can't do something because of all of these different reasons. We've got plenty of buts as to why it can't happen. And it basically comes down to areas where we prefer our way over God's way. And so I said this, it's time to get your butt out of the way. The message today, stop showing off your butt. (laughs) 
<laughs> Here's one for you. I love this one. I've heard it a lot. I would go to church, but there are too many hypocrites there. Have you ever heard that one? I've heard that one. I've heard other people say that they've heard that one. I would go to church. When you invite somebody, they say, man, I would go there, but there's too many hypocrites. I like to say, well, you're probably right. And you know what? We can take one more. Come on and be a part of it with us, okay? And so that generally ends the conversation, and they walk off. But nevertheless, you know, I would go to church, but, but there are too many hypocrites there. I would pray but I would read my Bible, but I would give my tithe, but, and that's some of the things that we're going to look at as we really continue through the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6 over the course of the next several weeks. Jesus said this in Matthew 6, He said, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. See, to the religious leaders of the day that Jesus is saying this, living this out, teaching this, so much of righteousness was an external act. And that's the way, that's the way they lived. That's the way they taught. That's the way they interpreted God's word. When they were reading the law of God, and they, especially the Ten Commandments, I mean, don't murder, don't commit adultery, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, don't, don't smoke, dip, drink, or chew, don't date the girls that do. I mean, all the things, they, they, they lived those out. They saw that from an external point of view. And so, so much of their life, so much of their faith was externally communicated and seen. Well, Jesus did something entirely different. Jesus is teaching God's law from a whole new perspective. He's teaching it, one, as though he knows how it was originally intended to be, and he did. And he's teaching it from a standpoint of actually living it out in its truest, purest form. Now, I love this verse, and this is really kind of the, the end of, of the series of Bring Your Butt to Church. But I think as a church... I, I just believe, I believe so much. I believe in 2024, I just have felt God putting this, impressing this on my heart. It's, it's just this. It's a year of mission. It's a year for our church to be on mission. And I've got all kinds of ways that, that I believe that that can happen and, and, and things that I believe God is, is just birthing in and through that that I would love to share with you and show you. But, but, but I think when we think about the year and, and we think about this series and you think about this message and this passage, so much of it can be tied around this verse. Matthew 6, Jesus said, but seek first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all of these things will be provided for you. What are all these things? Well, it's all those things. <laughs> it's the things we worry about. It's the things we pray about. It's the things we strive for, we work for, we dream about. God said, I know those things. I know the desires that you have in your heart. And I have plans for you as well, dreams and desires for you. They're plans to give you a hope and a future. They're plans to bless you and not harm you. And so Jesus here is speaking of righteousness that begins internally. And it begins to work itself from the inside out. And he said, but if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, 
then all these things will be added unto you. See, I believe life change happens in the little, mundane, multiple thousands of decisions that we make in life. I don't think I don't think life change happens in a in a one powerful decision. I believe that everyone begins a relationship with Jesus Christ with the decision. But life change happens. Eternity changes at that moment. But life change happens in the little mundane everyday decisions of life. They're transforming, they're empowering, they're 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 enabling you to be who God desires you to be. And so that's what Jesus is dealing with. The Pharisees and the scribes and religious leaders were focusing on the outside. And Jesus is telling them true change happens on the inside. Question today, what is keeping you from giving all you have for all that God has for you? If we were to examine our life today, to stop what you're doing, to look and examine yourself in the mirror, I mean, that's, 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 that's big, that's huge, that's been big for me, that's been a huge thing for me because I've made tons of excuses for all kinds of different areas in my life, my health, my spirituality, my home, my job, my career, all kinds of different things. I made all kinds of excuses about why things are the way they are. Until you stop and you look in the mirror and you see where you are and you begin to lay out a plan and a strategy to get to where you believe God wants you to be. Have you done that? Have you laid out for you what is keeping you from giving all you have? All you have in order for you to get all that God has for you. See, I believe if we want to do that, then we've got to stop selling out for so little when God wants you and I to go all in for so much. When you look at the world today, there are all kinds of distractions, confusions, and voices clamoring for your attention, getting you to sell out for this or sell out for that. I would tell you today, stop selling out for so little. When God wants you to go all in for so much. So today, stop showing off your butt and don't toot your own horn. (laughs) Maybe you'll get that later. Don't toot your own horn. What do you want to say about that? I'll say this. Remember this, and we'll say this a lot over the next several weeks. A change of pace plus a change of place equals a change of perspective. A change of pace in your life. Maybe you don't need to slow down. Maybe you need to speed it up, okay? Maybe you don't need to speed it up. Maybe you need to slow it down. Maybe you need to focus on fewer things. Maybe you need to focus on more things. Maybe you just need to focus on the right things. But a change of pace plus a change of place equals a change of perspective, Three things today that I believe Jesus wants us to see in the start of Matthew chapter 6. It's a continuation of the Sermon on the Mount. 
In the beginning, we saw the Beatitudes. That's the kind of person God blesses. Then we went to the salt and light passage where we see the kind of person God uses. And then from there, the rest of the sermon is all about the kind of Savior God sent. God sent into the world. And in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus makes a shift, and he is really honing in on, on, on just the, the true facets of faith and what faith lived out, what it means, what it means for you, what it means for the church, what it means for the world. And so he gives here, he gives a warning, he gives a wrong way to do it, and a right way to do it. And so let's start with the warning. Number one, a warning. Hypocrisy distorts the truth. Hypocrisy distorts the truth. Jesus says, be careful. Warning, warning, Will Robinson. Warning, that's what he's saying. It's like in big, bold letters, flashing lights, trying to get your attention. Warning, be careful, he said, not to practice your righteousness in front of people to be seen by them. Otherwise, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Here's the setting. Jesus is speaking to a group of people. We know that his disciples were there. We know that there were ladies there that were following him. There are some scholars that believe the number could have been in the hundreds of people that had gathered on this hillside, this mountainside on this day, to hear what this teacher this, this new teacher from Galilee has to say. And Jesus says, be careful. Warning. Warning. Now, warning. Hypocrisy distorts the truth. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of people to be seen by them. That's what hypocrisy does. The word hypocrisy in the Greek, it means an actor who is wearing a mask. It means someone who is pretending, acting to be something that they are not. They are pretending. They are a poser. Someone pretending to be something that they're not. And Jesus addresses that. Why? Because that's what the people were used to seeing. When it came to religion, when it came to the law of God, when it came to the things that God wanted people to, to see through his word, what they were seeing was something that they didn't want to have in their life. It's the same excuse as somebody saying, I don't want to go to church. I would go to church, but there's too many hypocrites there. And, and what hypocrisy does is it distorts the truth. It makes the truth, something real, something true, something right, look different than it really is. And I think that's the problem with Christianity today in America. A lot of times that's the problem with the church. We, 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 don't, we, we come and practice what we do on Sunday to be seen by people, but we don't live it out throughout the week. That's why we talk here about being real followers of Jesus. What you see is what you get. And it may not always be pretty. You may not always like it. It may not always be what you think it should be. But I try to be transparent. I try to be real in front of you and let you see the real me, whether that's good, bad, or ugly. Woo, 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 woo. Wow, wow, wow. Jesus said, be careful. 
When you practice your righteousness, don't practice it in front of people to be seen by them. He's not saying not to practice it. Jesus just told us in Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men so that they will see your good works and bring glory to your Father in heaven. So Jesus says, let your light so shine before men so that it can be seen by people. Here he says, don't practice your, practice your righteousness in front of people. Well, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to do it or not do it? Well, I think the difference is in the last part of each one. Let your light so shine before men so that they see your good works, but they give glory to your Father in heaven. It's about the motive behind the reason for doing what you do. Here he says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of people to be seen by them. The motive in the first is to give glory to God. The motive here is to be seen by people. This is a warning. It's a warning for all of us. Hypocrisy trades the eternal applause of God for the temporary applause of people. When we, when, when are we most tempted to, to really flaunt our actions in front of people when it comes to the church? For them, for their religious people of their day, they were most tempted to flaunt their righteousness in one of three ways when they gave, when they prayed, and when they fasted with, for, for, for before God. And so they made a, a show of it. They made a show of it when they gave to others. They made a show of it when they prayed, and they used these big words and prayed loud and long prayers. They made a show of it when they fasted Oh, before people so that they could see that they were walking in a way that maybe others were not. Each of these areas is an outward expression of faith that really truly begins with an inward transformation. And so Jesus was not condemning the righteous act themselves. Jesus wanted genuineness. That was the focus. He's always wanted that. He is desiring that from his people. A genuine faith. God knows. God knows if our intent is to glorify him, he will reward us either way. Jesus said, be careful. Be careful. If our motive is to be seen and accepted, then that'll be our reward. If that's your motive, is so that people can see you and accept you, then so be it. That'll be your reward. But God knows. Here's the, here's the scary and beautiful thing all at the same time. Jesus knew the intent of their heart. He was God. Over and over and over again throughout Scripture, all throughout Scripture, all throughout the, the... He had several encounters with people where it says Jesus knew their heart. Jesus knew their thoughts. Jesus understood what they were thinking. And he answered or questioned them accordingly. That ought to shake us to our core and it ought to strengthen us from there. Because God knows. God knows whether or not our intent is to glorify him and he will reward us either way. The warning here is that hypocrisy distorts the truth. 
When somebody tells you they don't want to go to church because there's too many hypocrites there, that's what they're saying is they've seen Christianity in a way that they don't want any of that. It's really no different from the life that they're living. Why would they want that? And so it leads to the wrong way. See, the wrong way of living this kind of life is that hypocrisy causes confusion. Hypocrisy causes confusion. It distorts the truth, and then it leads to confusion. And so Jesus deals with that. He said, so whenever you give to the poor, whenever you do it, he's not talking about whether or not you do it. He's not talking about if you do it. He said when you do it. I one of, the, one of the challenges that I believe God's put in my heart for 2024 is to talk about this more, to talk about giving, talk about praying, talk about fasting, talk about the disciplines of Christianity. Talk about those things because I understand and know. I know that God wants to reward you. God wants to bless you. God wants to help you. So I want you to trust God with more of your life, more of your time, your talent, and your treasure. Why? You can't outgive him. You can't outgive him. Stop being a robber. Stop being disobedient. Stop being a a, a hypocrite with your faith, saying one thing but doing another. And if you're going to live it, then live it. If you're not, then don't. But make a decision. Choose a side and get on it. Jesus said this is war and there is no neutral ground. You're either on my side or you're the enemy. You're either helping things or you're making it worse. Two things in the middle of the road, yellow lines and dead things. Pick a side and get on it. Jesus said, so whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you. Like the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be applauded by people. Jesus said, I assure you, they've got their reward. So, so, so we talked about don't toot your own horn. Well, that was a literal statement and a figurative statement, okay? Hypocrisy is like a, a malignancy. It's like cancer of the soul. That if you don't deal with it, it just kills everything on the inside and works out into your life. So we got to deal with it. You gotta deal with the areas that aren't right. That's why we need a church. That's why you need a growing relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. You need his word, you need prayer, you need him working in you. That's why you need a church. Everybody needs a pastor, a coach, and a counselor. Everybody needs a small group. Everybody needs a team. Everybody needs someone that speaks into their life that they don't have to just be good and fine with. They can be honest with and they can grow through that. Hypocrisy is not about being perfect, and neither is Christianity. What what, what God is wanting is someone to be honest. Hypocrisy is putting on a show. It's lying to yourself, and it's lying to others. It's wearing a mask. God said, take the mask off, friend. Take the mask off and just be who you are. And, 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 And line up. Let God's word work in you so that who he wants you to be is who you are. And so Jesus said, whenever you give, don't sound a trumpet before you like the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets. Pharisees carried around a little silver trumpet. And whenever this happened in the church, or if they wanted to give something on the streets, they would stop, they would blow the horn. In the synagogue, if the horn was blown, it was because they were going to acknowledge a gift that was given and more than likely the giver. 
It was very, it, it, that's what they did. If it was done on the street, it was done by a religious leader, a Pharisee, he would blow his horn. And the handicapped, the poor, the destitute, the downtrodden would hear that sound and they would run to it. They would run to it because everybody knew that they were going to get something. And this was very much a see me kind of thing. And he would hand out his gifts to these people. And, 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 and yes, it blessed people. Yes, it helped others. But it was also that he could be seen. In the church world, I'll just use tax donations for that. A lot of times people give because they want or need a tax donation. Nothing wrong with that. But when you get the tax donation, that's the reward. If that's why you give, that's the reward that you get. And that's what Jesus is saying here. You got it. If that's the reason you're giving, if that's the reason you're sharing, <coughs> if that's the reason you're doing these things, you got your reward. That's it. See, what he says is whenever we seek the praise of others, we forfeit the rewards of God. So there's a literal way of tooting your own horn. There's an also a figurative way of that. The figurative way of that was, was the interior motive of the heart. And so the hypocrisy here that Jesus is dealing with, he's saying, don't toot your own horn. Don't share it. Don't tell it. Don't say it. Don't let anybody else know it. He said, because when you seek the praise of others, you forfeit the rewards of God. And so there was a warning his hypocrisy distorts the truth. There is a wrong way to do it, and the wrong way is hypocrisy causes confusion because people don't know what's right and wrong. They get a, a negative view of church or of ministry because of the way we live out, the infighting and the, the, the bickering and all of these things. Listen, man, I tell you, if you find you a church home and get in it, Get in it and stay in it. Be solution, not pollution. Be an answer, not a problem. Be somebody that makes it better. Ask questions. Figure out what can you do to make a difference where God has put you. Because there's a warning. There's a wrong way. But there's also a right way. There's also a right way to do this. And Jesus shows us how to do it. He says, hey, stop, show stop showing your butt. Okay, let's fix this thing. The right way is real faith leads to real rewards. Real faith, that's what he's talking about. Real faith, and it leads to real rewards. Jesus said, but. But. When you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Do this in such a way that, that you, no one has to know what you're doing. It, it really is an act of secrecy where it's a, it's, a, it's a moment where no one has to know but you and the Lord. When you give to the poor... Jesus said the encouragement here is for, for performing your act of charity in secret and so that it will be pleasing to God and so that, so that God will be able to reward you openly for that. 
Jesus is talking about the secret and discreet giver. And he says here, he says, give and serve without fanfare. Choose what you want to choose where you're going to be and be there. Make a difference where you are. The Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. Oh, for the time when, when we talk about giving and we talk about obedience and we talk about tithing and we share those things, we share wins, we share needs, we share victories, we share struggles that people celebrate, people pray, people are moved to respond when people give, when people serve, when people get saved, when they get baptized, that it's just a spontaneous combustion of joy and praise because of the goodness of God that we are seeing in our midst. Jesus said, when you give, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that you're, so that you're giving, it's done in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Two lessons today. Two lessons today that are powerful from this passage. Lesson number one is you cannot outgive God. God simply has a bigger shovel than you do. He does. He can do more with 90 than you can do with 100. And so my challenge to you is to be a giver, not just of your finances or your stuff. Be a giver of your time and your talent. Find a place where you can use it to serve and honor your king. It may be helping make Sunday morning or Wednesday night a more excellent experience. It may be giving a gift, and it doesn't have to be significant. It can be a gift that, that may be all you can do. Praise God. Give it and trust God with it. It may be time that you can give. I was given this the other day. doesn't matter the little girl's name, but she gave this gift for our End Strong, Start Strong initiative. How much did she give? She gave $4. She gave $4. She put it in this envelope. And her $4, I believe, <laughs> was just a seed. A seed of faith that God used a little girl to give, it makes a profound difference. You know what she can't and you can't do? She can't outgive God and neither can you. Number two, there is absolutely nothing greater than making sure people are going to heaven. There's nothing greater. Two lessons to learn from this. You can't outgive God and there's nothing greater to give your time, talent, and treasure to than helping people go to heaven. See, if you listen to God, I believe he'll speak to you. I believe if you obey God, he will provide for you. I believe if you give for God, he will bless you for it. So today, here's the question. God, show me where I can make the best investment for your kingdom today. Ask him that. Ask him. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, ask him. God, where? Show me where I can make the best investment for your kingdom today. Show me. And give me the faith, the courage, and the eyes or vision to see it and do it. See today? <laughs> Don't let your butt stand in the way 
of your blessing. Stop showing off your butt. <laughs> Don't let your butt stand in the way of God's blessing on your life. Because I believe he wants to bless you. I believe he wants to do good for you. But it all starts with him doing something in you. Let him do that today. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? You know, wherever you are, whatever God's doing in your life, whatever he's saying to you, and I want to I challenge you to do something with it. Don't just let these words fall on deaf ears. Don't just let these things happen and you do nothing with them. Do something with it. Make it a priority this year to read the word. Make it a priority this year to pray, dream, and ask God for big things. Make it a priority this year to become more like Christ. Make it a priority this year to be faithful in a church. To attend, to serve, to give, to connect, and grow. We want to build real followers of Jesus Christ. And that happens when you know God, when you find community, when you grow deeper in your faith, and you begin to make disciples just like God wants to do with you. And that makes it real easy to go to heaven from right here where we are. Thanks for joining us today. May God bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he bless you with peace in the name of Jesus. Amen.